Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your co-host, Shane Murray. This is going to be a fun episode. It is. Uh, it's kind of out of our realm of who we typically interview, but like well, I said, we're, we're leveling up, changing the game this season. And I think we've we've done well so far. And we're just kind of wandering into the woods a little bit on this one. Hey, Shane's also a terrible pun, dad joke guy. You know, <laughs> you, you pop a couple out, you got to get good at it. So how are we doing, bud? Not too bad, man. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. I did Google, or not Google, I searched your... Uh, I'll Google stuff from time to time. Your your staff photo on the dealership's website. Did it pop up? Is yeah. it up yet? It's, it's not the one of you holding the hat, though. Oh, yeah, we got to fix it. So once they went live... That's when he's going to go on there, throw it up for me. Okay. Yep. Either way, I was proud of you. I was like, look at my friend Looking real professional. Looking real professional. (laughs) Man. Dude, we are like a little over halfway done with this season. I think we're over halfway, aren't we? Uh, Getting close, man. Dang, dude. Summertime blues are about to roll around. I was about to say. (laughs) It's coming up on us quick. But like I said, man, our guest today, we're not going to make him wait too long. He's a busy man. He cleared his schedule for us. And when people do that, I first off, I'm eternally grateful. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I'll have your back any time of the day because you people don't have to come do this. Mm, no. Uh, it's a podcast based around a Hey-o. small, tight-knit community. <laughs> but when people have your back, you got to have theirs. And I've already told this Agreed. man he has my vote. But we're going to go ahead and bring him in. Do it. It is Matt Woods. You've seen his signs all over Jasper. You've, you're even up on the electric billboard, aren't you? That's right. Oh, oh that's boy, beautiful. Yeah, I time, thought so. Big time. Hey, <laughs> I just want to run an ad up there for one day. Come on. Huh? We'll make room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Matt, welcome to Pass the Jar. Well, thank you, Drake. It's good to be here with you guys. This is my first podcast, so I'm excited. We've had a, a lot privilege. of firsts. Yeah. Hey. I'm proud of that. And it, and it's not like a uber professional pro- podcast. I could tell you were kind of weary when we started talking about it, which everybody is. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was weary when he asked me if I wanted to come on and co-host with him. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't like to hear myself talk, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but anyways, Matt, uh, first off, we're going to start off with who you are and where you're from. Well, thank you, Drake. Well, of course, Matt Woods, and uh, I'm from Walker County. I'm a product of this county. Uh, this is my... First time to run for public office. Uh, of course, I'm running for the position of House District 13, uh, a position that was formerly held by Connie Coonero. Uh, she left that position and went to work with the Lieutenant Governor. So uh, here I am, but uh, you know my roots are right here in Walker County. And what, to, what part? I, I grew up uh, in the Providence community uh, down South Walker County. Uh, went to Oakman High School, and then uh, after that went to Bevel State. Uh, at the Summerton campus, and then also over at the Jasper campus. So uh, after that, I, I left and went to Auburn. Uh, Where are you? <laughs> Shane's Couldn't wait to get that one out. Could, no, that's, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Auburn. That's actually a hate-love because I hate how much I love it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I came back home from Auburn, uh, got my degree in business, uh, and, and came back home as quickly as I could. And, uh, and got married uh, to my hey. wife uh, of now 17 years. Uh, my wife's from Carbon Hill, uh, former Brandy Knowles. And uh, we've got a 12-year-old daughter, attends Jasper City Schools. So awesome. Beautiful. We live here in Jasper now, have for the last 15 years. Beautiful. So what did you study at Auburn? Uh, business management. It's actually aviation management. Uh, 
was the was the degree. So oh. uh, not a lot of aviation uh, demand in Jasper, unfortunately. No. I was, uh, yeah. had a career uh, change while I was in college. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not a lot of people don't know this about me, but I, I hold a private pilot's license. I wanted to be in the airlines, actually, mm-hmm. so that's why I went to get that degree. And so uh, 9-11 hit. You know, it was tough to get a job in the airlines at the time. I didn't want to flight instruct, so I came back home and, and got in the family business. Do you have your own private jet? Um, no. Is that a goal? I think that's probably a life goal for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not one you could fly on your own, though. Well, you know, that I would... wouldn't have to hire a pilot. Yeah. yeah. That would hey. be good. I have a friend, they uh they constantly fly down to the beach, just like randomly. They'll oh, just fly down there nice. just to get seafood. Um, it, was a, it was a dream a long time ago. Uh, but, you know, then I got the mortgage and an SUV, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I'm happy with that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the, I'll, I'll fly coach. So. There you go. <laughs> Do you uh, man of the people. Do you still fly a pretty good bit? No, I hadn't in a long time. Okay. Yeah, it, it's about priced me out of the market. There you go. I didn't know if I was going to be just because, you know, we're right over here close to the old airport. It's like, hey, Matt, there goes Matt. maybe. I don't know. Used to. <laughs> just taking a tour of the county. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day you'll have your own plane. It's still a goal. Maybe yeah. we can get back into it. <laughs> and if you do, I will pay you an unequiv- unequivocal amount of money to tie Shane to the wing and just take <laughs> off. Just see how long he stays on. I, I feel like I make it. If I'm tied to the wing, I make it for the the duration of the flight. Just we can't break what five thousand feet. That's like the threshold on oxygen, right? Uh, a little bit higher than that. Is it okay? It'd be kind of cold. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Yeah, ten thousand is where you're you're an icicle for oh, sure. I just I just put the connection there. He was in the Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. So science. <laughs> That's right. Aviation brain. Can't remember if it was five or ten. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah. Yep. So when you moved back to Walker County, what did you kind of want to do with your degree and everything? Well, it was focused was in aviation, but it was a business degree. And, you know, I grew up in the car business. Uh, my dad was actually, uh, he started Jasper Auto Sales back in 1987. Um, but now we didn't come from a long line of you know, car dealers or business owners. We come from a long line of underground coal miners. That's what mm-hmm. my dad was, yeah. just like my grandfather and all my uncles. They all... I uh, worked for Drummond Company Underground, and so uh, he worked down at uh, at Gorgas, and he actually worked the last day it was open when they shut it down in the 80s. Uh, he started cleaning up cars for local car dealers, and then next thing you know, he'd buy and sell one or two here on the side, and then it just grew into a business. And so I grew up watching that, and that's really the only job I'd ever had was either picking up trash or cleaning cars or doing something at the car lot. And of course I, you know, I'd sold a few over the years when mm-hmm. I was working uh, as a teenager, but uh, I knew the business, I was comfortable with it. I knew I could make a living doing it. And you know, the, the aviation part was awesome, but it was, you know, it became more of a hobby, I guess, than a career path. Uh, and so I'm happy doing it. I, I, it's a family business. I've got to work alongside my father. I've got two brothers that work at the business. I've got some other family that uh, run a couple locations for us. So we're, you know, it's great to be able to do that and work with your family. And then, you know, to be able to come home every night yeah. uh, to your family is pretty nice too. But, you know, you don't really get to do that in, in the uh, aviation world mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. So what is it in Walker County, the dealership? Yeah, it's all in Jasper, Jasper Auto Sales. Okay. Uh, we've got three locations uh, here in Jasper. Uh, like I said, been around for 35 years. We haven't had three locations that whole time, but we, we have had multiple locations for a long time. Shane's right across the road from you. Yeah. <laughs> now It's a small world. Off topic, I do want to bring up something. It's a dangerous part of the highway right there. Was anybody in the building when that car ran into it that time? No, thank goodness. Okay, good. Yeah, for some reason, I, just, I, I 
ADHD over here, brains bouncing <laughs> off the walls. I should have to ask that question. Uh, Would they just yeah. not take the curve right there? Just try to straighten it? Um, it was a, um, a drunk driver. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and he straightened that curve out. Yep. Took out my, my little office there and totaled it. And so now we have a new office. Yeah. Did any, anything on the lot on the way in? It or? just barely missed the trucks. So, wow. You know, he, he walked away from that accident, uh, which is good. But, uh, yeah, that was on Easter morning a year ago. So uh, that was the phone call I got as I was pulling up a church. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to love that, yeah, huh? So, uh, Let's pray real hard today. <laughs> it, it, it was bad. So, uh, but, no, that was that's a dangerous spot. Yeah. But, man, that's uh, your roots in just Walker County are just deep, except for the college years. Oh, two yeah, of the college two years. Two of the college years, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I came home every weekend. I'd met my wife at the time, and uh, so I came home every Thursday evening and would come back on Sunday afternoon. So I, I, I didn't ever really leave Walker County. Very yeah. Long, so I don't think any of us have really ever left. Now there's always a piece of you tied here, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. It's home. That's not a bad thing for me. No, no, like no not at all. No, not at all. That's, we carry as much pride as anyone. Mm-hmm. So when you decided to step into this new venture, what was the motivation? What's the, what, what, what made you decide I'm going to run for office? Well, I don't think it's just one thing necessarily. There, there was a lot of things. And, and let me back up and tell you a little bit more about what I've been up to, you know, I guess really my whole adult life. Um, and, and I attribute the opportunities to being in business uh, in Jasper for a long time. It gave me an opportunity to serve with several different organizations here locally. Um, the Walker County Chamber of Commerce uh, invited me to join their board 10 years ago. And then I, you know, I volunteered for a lot of things with the chamber. I eventually became the, the chairman of the Chamber of Commerce board. And, and so that opened up some opportunities for me to serve uh, with other organizations like the Walker College Foundation, uh, the Walker Area Community Foundation invited me to do grant reviews. So I've got to, to go around to the local nonprofits and the churches and all these groups who are doing some really great things in our community and help be a part of the process to bring funding to their organizations and their programs, which is been a very fulfilling experience for me Mm -hmm. and also a really good learning opportunity Um, you fast forward just a little bit further uh, back in 2018 I was approached uh, about uh, joining another board when I didn't even know existed uh, that's the Alabama Community College System Board so uh, in 2018 Governor Ivey uh, appointed me to that board I was confirmed by the state senate and then uh, I've been there ever since I serve as the board's policy chairman so we're responsible uh, for the governance of all 24 community colleges. We've got 9,000 wow. employees. We've got 160,000 students, uh, 130 different instructional sites. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that particular building sits right beside the state house. Yeah. We go down there every month and have our board meeting. And so, you know, it's a state organization. Um, we've had to lobby the legislature for bills of interest. We get our funding through the state, the Education Trust Fund. We have to work with the state budget. And so I guess I started getting more familiar with some of the processes in Montgomery and how things work. Yeah. Um, I've always been involved in the community in a lot of different ways. It's kind of where I guess my passion comes in. You guys do podcasts. I like to get involved in, you know, civic work, public, yeah. you know, community service, that type of thing. Um, you know, selling cars pays the bills. I enjoy selling cars. It's, you know, it's been good to me and my family. But what I guess I really get excited about is being a part of a project that, you know, helps somebody else, creates an opportunity or makes life a little easier on somebody. So, um, when I found out that Representative Rowe was not running again, my mind automatically went to this could be an opportunity for me. I'm not intimidated by the the office because I've you know I've worked with some of these folks in the past in Montgomery through the community college system. I've 
I felt like I could navigate it. And so um, this just is a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to impact uh, a broader range of topics okay. yeah. uh, you know, and, and some very important things. So um, I want to be involved uh, in the things that are important to this district, you know, and we can talk more about that when you get yeah. ready. Do you feel like your your time at Bevel kind of gave you that heart for being on the community college board? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I'm the only – I think I'm the only board of trustee member currently who actually went through the Alabama community college system. So, wow. I've, you know, it's, okay. it's a board made up of people from business and industry across the state, but I think I'm the only product of the system itself. So it's, I think that's a unique perspective. That is, yeah. Um, and I'll back up. I, I didn't just go to Bevel. I served as an ambassador at the, at the Sumpton campus for a year. I served as an ambassador at the Jasper campus for a year. I was also the SGA president at the Jasper campus. So, when I say I went to Bevel, I mean I was all in. You were in, yeah, Bevel. yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Did you go to Hamilton? I visited Hamilton <laughs> multiple times, yeah. um, and Fayette. But uh, you know, we gave campus tours, so I really mm-hmm. got familiar with with the college. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it did help. And and certainly, you know, I represent the fourth congressional district, so there's a lot more colleges within that district. You've got uh, Wallace State, Hansville, and Shelton, and Gadsden, and Northeast, and Sneed. So I mean, you know. We represent the state, but but I've traveled to these these other campuses yeah. as well. That's awesome. It gives you that fresh perspective that you can help these people better, probably just from your viewpoint than people that may have not been a product of the system. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, community college students, uh, you know, are, are unique in a lot of ways because uh, you know we have open enrollment. You don't have to have a you know twenty six on your ACT or whatever to get in. It's open. Um, you know, and the great thing about the community college system was probably the most accessible form of higher education geographically for sure. Mm-hmm. But also from a cost perspective, we're about half the cost of a four year school. Yeah. So a lot of people can afford to get their, their same education, their same credit hours, at, you know, half the cost. And so, you know, that's, that's the kind of folks I grew up with, the kind of mm-hmm. folks who needed that kind of help. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. It's changing lives in a lot of ways. I really appreciate the community college system because it, it's such a wide array of skills that you can learn. Like you can go just get like a certification, be a auto body tech, or you can go for two years, be an RN or get your foot in the business world, you know, computer programming. It's just so many things, man. When I was getting ready, I started off at Northwest Shoals up in Florence or Muscle Shoals. The book of programs, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I am. I just want to go play golf. I'm so overwhelmed. So I just kind of did general studies for my first year and kind of just figured out where I wanted to go with that. Sure, and that's the great thing is that you didn't have to spend twice the price to do that for mm-hmm. a year to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, workforce development is kind of what you're uh, talking about there. That's probably at least half or more of what we're doing in the community college system. So making sure that we are meeting the needs of – business and industry is is paramount making sure that we are training people in the you know in the the disciplines that they need to meet their workforce needs right now is a, is a huge issue uh, we've got a, a really big middle skills gap in the state of Alabama so I'm talking about like your plumbers and pipe mm-hmm. fitters and welders CDL truck drivers and so we've really kind of made it a mission how do we ramp up and attract and you know I tell you right now if you want to go learn a trade you know, there's there's money available. Mm-hmm. There's scholarship yeah. money available. There's dual enrollment money available. I mean, if somebody's willing to work, needs a, needs a credential, we can do it. Yeah. And then you got the Center of Technology right there by Bevel and Jasper. 
which is convenient. Absolutely. Kind of helps them get their foot in the door too. It, it, it does. It does. And that's a great uh, facility to have here in Walker County. Not every, not every kid's going to be able to go to dual enrollment. Not every student's going to be able to go to college. I mm-hmm. mean, so right there at the vocational center of technology, I mean, they're able to turn out a student that's uh, able to go get a job, you know, as soon as they graduate. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. So now we'll get on to your, the campaign trail. Are you ready for this? I, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you any hard <laughs> questions. <laughs> we'll see. So you've already talked about how you kind of spent time in Montgomery. It was like, you know, this is something I kind of want to do. So when you decided to do that, what did you decide to base your campaign off of, the basics? Well, my campaign is very simple. Um, in Walker County, we have experienced the last 10 to 15 years what I always refer to as the war on coal, and we've experienced it in a way that few other places in the state can understand you don't have to look very far outside the city limits of jasper to see the effects that the mm-hmm. warm coals had and i relate to that because i remember when my father got laid off when i was just a young boy what that was like and i've seen it happen to other family and, and customers and neighbors you know for the last 15 years and so my i guess real number one priority is let's put ourselves in a position to replace and backfill those jobs, those good paying jobs, you know, where you can build a career and have disposable income and be able to take care of your family. That's, that's number one. But it also speaks to another problem we have in Walker County. That's not unique to house district 13 or Walker County, but rural Alabama is becoming more rural. Our last census proved it. Mm -hmm. And so you look outside, like I said, the city limits Jasper and it's easy to see that. You've got businesses that are closing. You've got people moving away. They're having to go find work. But I think another big reason for that is we lack a very critical piece of infrastructure here outside in our more rural areas, and that's high-speed broadband Internet. Yeah. So, you know, used to be a luxury, and it's now a necessity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people need it to work from home. Kids needed it during COVID to access their education. It is the... Uh, number one growing campus in the community college system is our virtual campus. I mean, our students yeah. want to take classes online. And so that you, you add to that, people want smart homes. And, you know, it's just that's got to be addressed. Mm-hmm. We're 47th in the country in accessibility to, to Internet. Really? That's what I just read last week. Dang. So you correlate that with where we typically end up ranking in education, and it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I, I just have to think there's some. There's got to be something. There's got to be a tie in there. Yeah. Yeah. So those two things in particular are, you know, things that are, I guess, what I would like to see happen here at home in House District 13 is let's get some good paying jobs. Let's expand our internet. Let's do the things here that we have to do to keep our people in this county. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why keeping people in this county is important. Not because we want to look like Shelby County and be that busy, but because well, my time with the uh, with the Chamber of Commerce. There's a reason we don't have a movie theater. There's a reason we don't have an Olive Garden and certain, you know, Publix and all these other things. You're taking me to church. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because we don't have the average household income and we don't have the population density. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that we have struck out on time and time again, and it's not any one person's fault or anything like that and it's not one thing going to fix it it's all the things yeah it's residential investment it's industrial development it is economic development it's education and, and training a workforce it's all these things but we have to keep working in that direction or we're still gonna you know we're just gonna be where we're at mm-hmm. yeah which is not bad but it could be better absolutely that's see obviously you can tell where he's from by the shirt he's wearing 
That's a Jersey. Let's get that right. Jersey, big city of Sipsy. And then I grew up in Empire. Huge town. Huge. I was there last week. Where are you? I grew up in Empire, just down the road. So, you know, the rural community's just kind of falling apart. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Because I still, I got a couple of fishing hunting holes down in Empire I go to, and I still go see my granddad. But, you know, we had high-speed internet, and I was, when we moved to Thatch, I had to get satellite internet. Mm -hmm. And you asked me, you know, it was like, what made you start the podcast? And I told you, I was sitting on it for a while. The only reason I didn't start is because I didn't have high-speed internet up there. So it kind of it kind of hits home. It kind of takes not only the education, but the creativity, especially in today's world where people want to be content creators mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It kind of takes that away from you. Exactly. You can't upload a podcast on cell phone service. <laughs> no, you no. certainly can't. But – you know, growing up in in the rural community, that especially Empire, a coal mining community at one point, just seeing the effects of not having that available anymore, knowing 80% of the people I knew in Empire were coal miners at one point that had lost their jobs and fell on hard times, man. It's just, I understand why you want to push that so hard because it does hit literally home. Mm-hmm. The, the effects of it are felt, like you said, all around the county. Well, those are two things I think that affect everybody everywhere. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants good internet. Everybody needs good internet now, and everybody needs a good paying job. You know, when my dad graduated high school, he said he wasn't worried about it because he knew he was going to have a job waiting for him in the coal mines. Well, ask any high school student now or senior now exactly what are your plans. They probably don't have one. Mm-hmm. Just blank stares. So, you know, I'm not saying that I have all the answers. But I sure would like to find some answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully you can. And what's something you would do to kind of initiate the action to make that happen? Well, I think, you know, if, as a legislator in general, somebody that's in Montgomery, you've got to be engaged with the Department of Commerce. Department of Commerce is where you're going to get your grant funding for building out your infrastructure. You know, you can't locate a, a business of any size or an industry of any size if you don't have water and sewer. Uh, critical pieces of infrastructure for for any type of industrial uh, opportunity. And in my mind, automatically, of course, we have, you know, the industrial park in Jasper, which is set up pretty nicely and has got plenty of room to expand, but you also got Cordova sitting there with water and rail and and I-22. And, you know, all they really need is is water and sewer out by Mm -hmm. the interstate. And all of a sudden, you could you know, you could develop that pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, state docks there on the river need a little work. I mean, that could be something uh, to bring a, a nice uh, a nice industrial opportunity. Um, and then you look on over to the to the east side uh, of the county, um, down at uh, exit seventy eight, just south of uh, of Yorkwood. Um, you know, there's some opportunities right there going on. I think could be some really good retail, maybe even industrial mm. uh, opportunities. So you, it takes a lot of grant funding. It takes a lot of economic incentives to, to locate business and industry here. It's a very competitive process. Um, I'm very familiar with both our, our city and, and county industrial development boards. Uh, they do a good job of marketing and trying to attract those folks here. I think I, I would be happy to lend my support to them any opportunity they had to bring somebody in. Uh, you know, it'd be my job as a representative to go to the state and go to those entities and, and reach for those grant dollars to, to make it happen. So before we go any further, exactly what does District 13 cover? All right. District 13 changed. Uh, they, they redrew the lines. And so um, I like to tell folks, you know, if you imagine uh, I-22 crisscrossing Walker County, everything north of that except for the city of Summerton is in it. 
So, and then just south of it, uh, around from Townley back to McCollum, and then down 69 Highway on the east side to uh, Tubbs Hill. So, uh, really, Nauvoo, Saragossa, Thatch, um, Curry, Manchester, Jasper, Cordova. Uh, Cordova's new to District 13. Nauvoo's new to District 13. Uh, Dora's in it. Sipsy and Empire are in it. Um, Piney Woods is in it. Uh, it pretty much ends about Smith Lake Dam in 69. So okay. okay. It's a pretty big area. I remember Corey telling us, Corey Franks, you know, good friend of us, uh, he told us that they were about to redraw the district lines the last time he was here. Right. I, I just want to know what goes into that. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to figure out how <laughs> all these places and then Summerton was just the odd man out there. Yeah. I kind of question that myself. <laughs> they didn't call me for my opinion, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, these district maps are, they, they wanted them to follow more geographic features, but they didn't always happen. It's supposed to keep an average number of people in each district. Uh, you know, again, it's not my, wasn't my, my call, but I am happy that it's all in Walker County. Yeah. yeah. I'll say Absolutely. that. It used to be a portion in Blount County, nothing against Blount County, but, uh, you know, I'm happy to for it to all be right here. Yeah, exactly. Your people. My people. Yeah. So with the jobs and everything, uh, you talked about putting things down industrial. What What's some types of stuff you would like to see come to Walker County as far as industrial jobs? Well, you know, I think our natural affinity in, in Walker County is really probably automotive. I mean, we've done well with Tier 2 and 3 automotive suppliers and with – What's happening in Huntsville, and, and you still have Mercedes, you know, doing well down in Vance. Uh, you know, there's there's always going to be – we're going to be looked at for those type jobs. Um, you know, I'd also like to see us have some some advanced manufacturing type facilities. Um, that's a big thing that's going on in, mm-hmm. in Huntsville and also down in Mobile. And there's, there's just a, a wide range of things. It would not hurt my feelings to see us diversify a little bit away from – Automotive, nothing against automotive. That's, you know, it's my business, but (laughs) on the different end of it. But uh, I I would like to see us not get caught in a trap where if that particular sector, you know, went down or or did poorly, then we wouldn't be faced with the same type of layoffs we were during coal. Um, So, you know, advanced manufacturing is is a big deal. Um, I'm not too worried about exactly what it is, as long as they're able to pay people a wage that, allows them to make a career out of it exactly that's what i want to see see my field of work i work in a very small part of the medical field i do sleep not a job there is a job around here but i have to go to birmingham to make the money is that what you're trying to help like industrial people do is to not have to go so far to make the good money i think so i mean that's i hear it every day i mean you know our customers people i talk to you know outdoor knocking or whatever i mean it's amazing to me how many people are driving to you know, even to Huntsville from Jasper, uh-huh. uh, hour and a half drive to mm-hmm. go to work. And so people do what they have to. I get it. Um, it'd be nice if they didn't have to. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of segue us into the next topic is the bigger political issues that, you know, you hear pretty much on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the, the, the finances. What's your stance on taxes? Do you like paying taxes? No. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Buddy, I get charged a Birmingham City tax that sends me off the rails every time I look at my pay stub. <laughs> yeah, I bet. An occupational tax over there in Jefferson County. Yeah. Yeah, I've never never been a fan of that, uh, getting charged a tax to go to work. But Yeah. You know, again, You're welcome for working here. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, my position on taxes is pretty simple. Uh, I'm for 
keeping taxes low where we can and looking for ways to cut taxes and reduce taxes if at all possible. Now, that's easier said than done, but I don't see a scenario in the state. Right now, the state's coffers are full in pretty much every bucket you can imagine. And a lot of that's due to the COVID money, and it's been pouring in for you know, a couple of years now. Um, so we've been able to pay ourselves back in the state and replenish some of the rainy day funds, and all those things are great. Um, I don't particularly see a need on the horizon for a new tax. And, and certainly not looking to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just don't see a need for it. Um, if anything, my, my goal would be to find ways we could find waste and cut that out, and, you know, maybe even reduce a tax like they did this year. Uh, they give a, a little bit of a, uh, uh, a higher deduction of the state income taxes. So uh, that's, that's good. That helps families. That's yeah. puts money back mm-hmm. in the pockets of, of people. So I'm for that. I just, I've always not, like, ever since I started working at Horse Creek Golf Course and saw how much money came out of my paycheck, even back in 2007, yeah. I was was not a happy kid. <laughs> and still, now I'm not a happy ad- an adult. But it's, there's a, I feel like there's a lack of transparency in a lot of the taxation laws that people put into place. Would you, would you be pretty transparent about the things you were pushing for? Well, I think you have to be. I mean, if you're not, you're not going to be around very long. You know, I mean, and I think, too, I mean, when it comes to taxes, especially, this is how transparent I would personally like to be about it. And now, again, I don't want to see a tax come up, and I certainly don't want to sponsor a tax or and have any agenda to push a tax. But if a tax ever does come up, I hope it's in a scenario where the people could actually vote on it. Um, instead of it just being forced on them. Uh, I've always felt pretty strongly that, that if you're going to have a tax come up, the people can make their mind up if it's something that's going to benefit them or not yeah. and and let the people decide. And so that's about as transparent as you can get if there is a tax situation. But again, I don't foresee one. I really don't. Yeah, kind of like the – I liked how we were given the option to vote for the penny tax that we had a couple of years ago in Jasper. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, for or against it, you know, you got to say. Yeah. The gas tax, we didn't really have a say in that one, right? No, not in that one. Yeah, that's the one that kind of made me mad. <laughs> so, we'll get out of taxes because nobody it, likes it, them. It depresses us. No, yeah, nobody <laughs> likes it. We like to keep the, the mood light in here. But with education, you know, you, you spoke about how you're already on the community college board and everything. What is something you would do to – is there anything you would do to help, like, our city schools, public schools around and county, everything else? Yeah, I mean – you know, and I think what you do on a state level affects everybody, whether it's city or county or wherever, you know. But I, my mind automatically goes to what could we do for the people who are working in education, um, especially in K-12. You have a lot of teacher shortages. Um, you might have noticed at the end of the session they gave a pretty substantial raise to uh, longer-serving teachers, which mm-hmm. is great, uh, designed to hopefully keep them in the field of education. Um, we have a lot of teachers who are eligible to retire across the state and, you know, a lot of them are going to because they can make so much more money in the market. And so I think a big reason people go into education in general is before the benefits for the retirement. And a lot of your newer teachers are under the tier two retirement system and the tier two retirement system is not good. It, it requires you to work a long time, uh, before you're eligible to, to start drawing and, it's just it's kind of disincentivized a lot of people from either hanging around and working their whole career in education or coming to it from, from the get-go. So my goal would be to continue to retool that. And, you know, I don't know if there's a way to do do away with it. 
uh, if there was, then maybe that's the answer. Um, but I think that's probably one of the biggest things we could do to help education in general is yeah. to let's make it an appealing place to want to go into. You know, when we were coming out of school, a lot of people wanted to be educators. They were all getting that good retirement, and that's changed over the last, you know, 15 years or so. And so I think we've got to do that. But there's a lot of issues in education. Um, you know, there, there was a bill that dealt with Common Core. Um, you know, my daughter's in public education in the sixth grade. Um, we struggle with math, helping her with math. I mean, that's a that's a problem. I was going to say, what, what's your stance on Common Core? I don't think anybody likes Common Core. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay. Which Common Core is really just, a, you know, what we're really talking about when we say Common Core is the math. I mm -hmm. mean, that's the part that everybody really yeah. understands <laughs> we don't like. And so, um, you know, I'd like to see the curriculum be decided on more on the local level and the state level versus the federal level. And that way we have a little more control as, say, parents or local school boards, uh, the people that we elect to mm -hmm. represent us, uh, you know, even on the state school board, you know, have more of a say in the actual curriculum uh, and not just be tied to, to the federal standards for our children. Um, and of course, they're all tied to federal grant dollars, so it's hard to get away from them. But, you know, I think that's important because we don't necessarily have to train to the exact same specs that somebody in California is trained to. We need to train for our kids for what they're going to be encountering here. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. So the, the big thing, Second Amendment. Are uh, you a hunter? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just a little. We should have shot this at, or done this at my house. Uh, we've been surrounded by... By deer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you dabble. And, you and, dabble. Yeah. Yeah, I dabble, like, as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up hunting. Um, I guess probably started when I was six years old, you know, squirrel hunting with my dad. And, you know, I've, I've collected a few few hunting guns over the years, rifles and shotguns. I love to bird hunt. And, uh, you know, deer hunting's always been, been fun for me as well. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Second Amendment, I mean, it, it's a pretty much a no-brainer. It's just a way of life. You know, it's, I grew up here. I don't know very many people who really don't, you know, hunt or shoot yeah. or own guns for personal protection. I mean, I have them, you know, for my home and my business. And, you know, I, I just, it's just normal. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for me at least. And so, I, you know, I was really happy to see the constitutional carry passed this year. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't require the, the purchase of a permit to conceal carry a weapon now, which I think is, is a good thing. Um, I always viewed that as you were having to rent your second amendment right mm -hmm. um now there's some groups who would disagree but uh but i just think it's the right thing uh, yeah. you know so gun rights are you know they're they're important and and i think probably right now more than they maybe have ever been because of what we have uh in in the white house and they they're pretty blatant that they will they want your guns they're coming after them they'll take them if they can get them so you know, we, we've got to stand pretty strong uh, here in the state to push back on that. You know, states' yeah. rights still matter. And, so of course, the way that we uh, we perceive our Second Amendment rights, we, we need to follow through on that. And mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll be strong on the Second Amendment. I do feel like <clears throat> they try to play both sides. Uh, who's in the White House right now? Well, I hunt and I have a shotgun. Well, you don't need a high-capacity magazine. What if I just like to go shoot something in my backyard, man? There's go a hog hunt. Go hog hunting and tell me you don't need a <laughs> yeah, large right. capacity magazine. It doesn't really matter why you need it in, in, in some ways. It's just if you want to yeah. own it, there's no limitations in the Second Amendment that says you can own this type of gun. Exactly. I always go back to the age-old adage of look at all the countries that have had their Second Amendment rights taken away. Yep. Uh, like mm -hmm. Australia, locking these people down and stuff. Like 
if good luck you trying to control that here. the people, that's... you take away their weapons. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's not that's the reason the Second Amendment was put in place, <laughs> was so yeah. that the government couldn't, couldn't. Yep. <laughs> just come in and run roughshod over the people. And you have so many people that hunt, or you have people that may have just been in the military that enjoy shooting guns that they had while they were in combat or whatever. It just covers a whole spectrum, and I feel like you can't just say when you get rid of every single gun. Like, <clears throat> well, I agree with that. I mean, I think probably Biden probably would be okay with shotguns, but not rifles or who knows yeah. what. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, every time we concede a little bit of ground to that, and I don't think we've conceded any ground in Alabama, but you know, it happens in other states. I mean, you lose it forever. Yeah. So I, I can't abide by that. Um, matter of fact, I was posed with a question early on. Would I support Alabama becoming a Second Amendment, Amendment sanctuary state so that we couldn't compel uh, our law enforcement folks here in the state to confiscate guns if it ever become a federal mandate that they be confiscated? And so I've thought about that a lot, and I'm pretty sure I would have no problem you yeah. know, seeing that happen because I don't want to see – our national guard or our law enforcement folks, you know, being in contradiction to the second Going amendment. door to door trying to confiscate. I, I'd like to think that'll never happen, but you know, you, you gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that generation away? Do you agree that even though they took it away, the criminals would still find a way to Absolutely. get their hands on it? Absolutely. Yeah. I believe that's where the term criminal comes from actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was my other thing with, with constitutional carry. The, the criminals probably weren't buying a permit. Yeah, so, exactly. No. Yeah. Put us on the same playing field. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, the funding for, for buying permits typically goes to like local sheriff's offices like here. Uh, do you? How do you believe on that? Do you? Well, I mean, I don't want to do anything that hurts the sheriff or the sheriff's office. Uh, in, in part of the legislation, they set aside a pot of, I don't know, a few million dollars uh, to try to make these sheriff's departments whole, or at least as much as possible whole, for the next few years so that they can adjust their budgets mm-hmm. accordingly. Now, the states who have passed that, I don't know the exact number, but I want to say around 70% of the people continue to purchase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a, it's not an all or nothing thing. And I think people will continue to buy them here because you have to have it to go out of state for mm-hmm. reciprocity. So uh, I would encourage people to buy them if it's not, you know, a financial hardship for them to do it anyway, just to yeah. support the sheriff's office. But really, based on the premise of you don't have to. Yeah. You just do it because you want to. Yeah. That that's how it should be too. That's what I like about. We were kind of lagging in it because i expected alabama to be one of the first states to jump in on it too sure so uh you know i i appreciate what the sheriff's office does for our counties especially with my granddad being down in empire it's like i used to be able to ride my bike down the road and now i wouldn't ride my bike down the road you know so i still want to fund these places that keep everything safe that's right yeah, well, and if you look at some of my literature, one of the first bullet points I have is that I will, defu- I will protect law enforcement first responders from those who want to defund them. There are still groups out there that would like to see us defund the police, and I certainly am, mm. I'm against that. I mean, that, that goes against everything I told you early on that I wanted to, to see happen here with those good-paying jobs and keeping our people in the county. Well, you got to have a safe community for a family to want to stay in, first of all. And, you know, a company is not going to come here and make a big investment if it's, you know, if it's a crime 
laid in place. Yeah, so. They're going to have to pay more as many security guards as they have people working in the factory. Or, mm-hmm. or they just won't come. Yeah. So you got to have good, safe communities. I think we have to fund our law enforcement uh, accordingly to make that happen. I agree. So we'll jump into another topic. How do you feel about the businesses popping up in downtown? How do you feel about like the breweries, like the moral fiber? Like people have a problem with like the breweries and the beer stores and everything, and the restaurants selling alcohol. Obviously, we're called Passage R, so we're you know we're obviously not <laughs> against it. Mason's one of our good friends mm-hmm. too, so I, I'm friends with Mason. I, I I be honest with you, I appreciate the investment in Walker County. I appreciate appreciate anybody who puts themselves out there and, and jumps into business and, and puts their, their livelihood on the line because um, I can relate to that. I know what it's like to, to have to get a, a mortgage on your home to make sure you have a job. Uh, it's not easy. And so if you want to talk specifically about the breweries, I mean, and I'm, I'm friends with everybody that owns one in downtown Jasper. Uh, and while I don't drink, I mean, you know, no, no offense to anybody that does, uh, you know, it's a business and a lot of people get enjoyment out of that. And you didn't have to go, but a, you know, a couple hundred yards in any direction to, to buy a beer or have a drink or whatever you want uh, already. So for that, you know, personally, it's, it's, it's just another business for me. Yeah. And, you know, I know it brings a lot of people to downtown, and you see it during the festivals. And I think there are probably more things happening now because of them being there. And, and for that, I'm thankful for sure. Um, and so, you know, it's keeping people here in the county. It's becoming a little bit more of a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that speaks to the, the image that we really want to have here in Walker County, that we're more of a destination instead of a place that – you know, <laughs> a flyover county. There you mm-hmm. go. So, um, but specifically the breweries and all, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a problem with them being there. I certainly yeah. appreciate their, uh, their willingness to, to be in Jasper and, and their willingness to, uh, to invest here. I've just seen a rise in the sense of community with places like that popping up. And that's a lot of people may have the moral issues with it, but at the same time, like some of these people have a place to go where they feel welcome mm-hmm. and, that's what we want. That's that was the main thing of Walker County is we just want to show, look, we're not bad. We're well, we're a very welcoming community. We're growing. We're becoming diverse and everything. So I just want to get just pick your brain on that one. So we're gonna close out. Like I said, you're a busy man. I, I wasn't gonna keep you too long. I told you on the phone. I wasn't gonna keep you very long. Closing out. If there's one thing you want to talk to your voters about to kind of push them over the edge, whether they're teetering on voting for you or not. What would that be? Well, I can't just give you one thing because I'm running for political office and we are a little bit long-winded I love it. All right? (laughs) Um, I would say this. Um, I'm not running for office to have a title by my name. Uh, I'm not running to have a career in politics. Uh, I'm running because I love where I live. Uh, I care about my neighbors, and, and I want this to be the very best place to live and to work and to worship and to raise our families that it can possibly be. Uh, I don't make a lot of promises, uh, but I will promise this to the people, uh, that I will work hard for you, uh, that I'll be engaged in the issues that are important to this district, and that I'll be accessible to you, and that I want to hear your ideas and solutions to the problems that we face here in Walker County and across the state. So if you elect me, you're going to have someone representing you that have the best interest of Walker County and you in mind. 
Um, I'm, I'm a political outsider. Uh, this is my first time to run for office. Uh, I'm a business owner. I understand common sense approaches to doing business, and I will take that same mentality to Montgomery. Uh, I'm running to make sure that Walker County's best days are still ahead of us, and I want to work with you to make that happen. So I'm asking you to put your trust in me by voting for Matt Woods May 24th in the Republican primary. And if we go to a runoff, that'll be June 21st. And I'd ask you to come out and vote again. Just make you sweat for a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make me work real hard for a month, I can promise you. <laughs> yeah. Is there a, Was there any nerves going into it? Deciding to run or announcing I was running? Let's just cover the whole spectrum. Yeah, coming up deciding, and announcing, and then doing it. <laughs> um, in a short, yes. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I thought about it long and hard. I mean, I didn't just come to this decision lightly. I do have a business here in town. We've got a great staff. We've got a great family that work there. I had to make sure I could take time away from the business to go to Montgomery and do it and do it right the way that the people would deserve. And so once I crossed that bridge and decided, yeah, I can be away enough to make this work, uh, then I needed to make sure my wife was on board and my family mm-hmm. was on board. And so I, I kind of sat on it for like a week or two, prayed about it, thought about it. And then my wife and I you know, did the same thing. We talked about it for a few weeks, prayed about it. Uh, all indications were, let's do it. But yeah, I was nervous the whole way. And so, you know, it was my first time to run. You really don't know what to expect. But I can tell you the response has been outstanding. I mean, I've had a lot of, met a lot of great people, made a lot of new friends, I had a lot of friends step up to the plate and help um, so far, which has been very, very encouraging. Uh, and, and you can't do this by yourself. You just can't. Um, one person cannot cover this big of an area and can't can't effectively campaign. So I, I've been really fortunate and really thankful for a lot of good people helping. And so uh, I can't lose at this point. So I look at it, you know, no matter what the outcome of the election actually turns out to be, uh, I feel like I've won um, either way. Uh, and, and it's been a good experience. It's like I said, man, uh, the campaign trail, I know that's got to be like a fun pain in the butt to deal with, <laughs> but some of your stuff I've seen, like the stickers and all that, man, it's so catchy and I love it because that's what you need. You need you need somebody to look at it and be like, oh, and then go search your platform and everything. Mm-hmm. The My favorite one was the Matt Woods, I know him, with Buddy the Elf. <laughs> I've got to give credit to my wife for both of those ideas. The stickers with the, the I'm with the woods with the thumbs up, like mm-hmm. the like button. Uh, she came up with that, but she also did the, uh, the whole theme for Christmas. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, Hey, Matt Woods, I know him. Uh, that was, that was fun. We actually talked about bringing that out uh, here in May and, and riding around. We'll see. <laughs> I like it. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have to like outsource to get like a campaign manager or anything like that. You kind of just run it locally sourced. Um, well, I've had a lot of help locally. Um, you know, I've, I've sought uh, advice from some professionals, of course, uh, on different topics, but, you know, to make sure that I'm staying on target, on task, and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, being the first time I run, I, I needed a little bit of guidance on mm-hmm. what I needed to do, what steps I needed to take, yeah. that sort of thing. But other than that, it's it's been run pretty much all by me and my family and my friends. That's awesome. With That's- it being your first time, running have you felt any kind of backlash or controversy or anything like that from either people that you've went to for like you said that kind of guidance and assistance or even on the other side people you're running against you know it's been pretty cordial uh to this point Uh, i think something that people would be interested to know is that at least in this race to this point and we're 34 days out right now um it's been very cordial I don't think anybody running 
is running with animus or, or, or any problem with another candidate. Uh, I think a lot of our supporters or friend supporters sometimes may get a little more fired up than we do mm-hmm. uh, and, and maybe say things that would, you know, not be the kindest. <laughs> and so uh, I, everybody's been very respectful uh, up until this point. I hope it stays that way. I'm going to run a clean race. Uh, I, I made that commitment to myself and family before I even jumped up and said I was going to run. Um, my reputation is, is very important to me, and I, I'm not looking to, to tarnish that with an election. So um, hadn't had to do that, not going to have to do that. Um, but nothing's really jumped out as far as uh, – you know, any backlash or anything like that. I mean, not everybody's going to vote for you. Everybody's going to get some votes that's running and everybody's working hard to get votes. And so I don't expect everybody to vote for me. I would love for everybody to vote for me. And and I'll say this, if anybody's listening, you know, if you're with another candidate, that's, that's fine. I respect that, but I would love to be your second choice. You know, if if your candidate doesn't make a runoff. So uh, I hope you'll consider me. See, I was, I always gather information and then, I was still on the fence, and the, matter of fact, the day I messaged you was the day your team showed up here, and I was like, if that's the kind of people he's got working for him, ugh, he, he, my guy, mm-hmm. you know, he, I stood there and talked to the guy. I was like, I, I, was, I told you, I was back here working on a sink, and my hands were just covered in stuff, and I just didn't know it was at my door, so I just sprinted to the door, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, not being disrespectful, I'm not gonna shake your hand. My hands were filthy, but you know, we stood there and talked for a few minutes, and he's just super nice guy and that's if that's kind of people you surround yourself with i can imagine that's the kind of good clean motivation you need right there yep i appreciate you saying that and certainly uh we do have some good people that have come up stepped up big and people that i've respected my whole life have joined in and and help us door knock and you know just do the things you have to do in a campaign and and you know that that's the way life really is though you surround yourself with good people you'll get good results usually so uh that's what we've tried to do I'm going to ask you one hard question. Oh, please. <laughs> In my opinion, I think you're doing the, the good thing by running for a state office because small town politics are nasty. Do you feel like your reputation and people might have started doing more digging than you'd like to or, you know, just start pressing you for hard questions if you're running for small town local office? Now, now repeat that. Do, are people. Let me clarify. Yeah, yeah, let me clarify. clarify. Oof. Mouth moves before the brain does. Would you feel hard pressed, more hard pressed in small town politics than you have in a state run office as far as the pressure and, you know, people that know you more personally, like trying to find something to make you look bad with? Well, you know, I think there's always going to be those people out there um, that will, you'll always have a few enemies out there that want you to to not succeed. Um, I don't care what you do in life. That's going to be out there. So, um Small town politics, local politics, I would imagine are always, you know, a little more fiery than than state level. But with that being said, you're still representing local people. And it's not like if you win this position that you move to Montgomery and you stay in Montgomery. So, I mean, you'd be down there 30 legislative days and maybe another 15 or 20 working days. So you're down there two months out of the year technically. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time you're here. So, you know, it is – it should be – a local position in your mind because you're representing local people. But, you know, when you're talking about city councils and city or local, you know, boards of education and things like that, it's always more contentious in my mind than state level stuff. But, you know, Hey, we're only one bill away from changing that. So (laughs) I I just, I feel like people in small town politics forget about why they're running and they would just rather win. 
Yeah, I think it probably happens a lot in, in, in any level of government, whether it be local or state or federal. I mean, you know, you get enamored with the, the result and you forget about what you were hoping to do and the people you were wanting to represent. Well, I can tell you, I mean, like I go back to my, my whole adult career, um, outside of the car business has been about being a part of organizations and groups that are doing things that are making life better for somebody. Yeah. You know, and I don't really see this as being a whole lot different. You know, we're supposed to be creating opportunities and, you know, for me standing up for my conservative values and all these things that we talk about, that's why, I, you know, every day I get up and do what I do. So, um, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to win, then that, that'll that be my mindset the rest of the way. And, and I'm, I think I said it earlier, I'm not looking for a career here. You know, I'm not looking to be Governor Woods. I'm looking to be Representative Woods. I want to make sure that if I'm successful in what I'm trying to do, if we're able to create some jobs, if we're able to have some positive developments, you know, we'll we'll revisit it in three or four years. And, you know, but I don't see me staying in there for 20 years. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got a career here. I've got a business here. I'm not looking to go down there and forget who I am and where I come from. Yeah. Governor Woods does have a ring to it. Governor Woods doesn't sound bad, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we're not, a couple of days out on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're we're not even going to talk about that. So. <laughs> but man, you know, just getting to talk to you over the past few weeks and everything, getting to know you and hear, you know, inquiring about other, like I, we talked about, we have a few mutual friends and stuff. Just inquiring and put together, man. You're just a good, humble person. You're a good human being, and I think that's the type of people we need fighting for us. Well, I appreciate that. And we do have a lot of good mutual friends, so shout out to them. Um, Matt's goals. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt's meets, uh, look them up online. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And I think it's it's hard to get good people to run for office. That's all I've been told this whole time. It's hard to get a good person to run for office. And then they'll look at me and say, why are you running? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I hope you're saying I'm a good person. Yeah. I want to be a good person. I've tried to be good. I want to be a good person. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think my heart's in it for the right reasons. And, and you know, I hope people can see that. And, and certainly um, this is not going to be something that's going to be a great benefit for me. You know, at the end of the day, this is probably going to create a lot more stress and a lot more heartache than, than, in, than I had to endure. But I want to do it because I truly do want to leave this place better than I found it. I yes. really do want to make it better for it's you know, a worthy cause. Right. I think it is a worthy cause. I think that's what our generation's whole mantra is, trying to leave Walker County better than we found it. Mm -hmm. Because it really has improved in the past 15, 10, we'll say 10 years. Yeah, there's some good things happen. I mean, there's some great things happened in Jasper, mm -hmm. right? But when you look a little further out, there's a lot of heartache. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of despair, and there's a lot of things that, you know, could be better. We'll just say it that way. And so, and I don't want to, I don't want to forget anybody. I don't, you know, I may live in Jasper, but the folks in East Walker, folks in Nauvoo, the folks in Sipsy and Empire and Curry and Smith Lake, they're, they're all equally important. They all equally want opportunities and want a good quality of life. Yes. At the end of the day. I love that. Well, Matt, I will tell you that you're fully endorsed by Pass the Jar. 100%. Thank you for coming on, man. <laughs> I, can't, I really can't thank you enough for making time yeah. for us, man. Hey, maybe uh, you'll have me back. Next time, maybe you have to make the drive from Montgomery. I was going to say, next here. time we'll have Representative Woods on with us. Well, I hope, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Or has been Woods. Either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're just going to speak it into existence. Uh -huh. right, I, I'm with you guys. <laughs> Folks, this has been Matt Woods running for the State House in District 13. This is our area. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are, other than Shane's friends in Louisiana, and you're Summit. in District 13. <laughs> and, and Summerton. And Summerton, sorry. 
R.I.P. Summerton. HR Mr. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Highway 78, man. Yeah, Just constantly divisive I'm right there in that you. little area. <laughs> now, do they fall in District uh, 14? 14? Yeah, okay. Corey, yeah, Corey told us he might be taking over Summerton. Yeah, that is true. That <clears throat> is true. Yeah, 14 is a, is a wild-looking district. Uh, it's in four <laughs> counties. Probably gives you a headache mm-hmm. looking at it, don't it? It said it takes an hour and 45 minutes to go across it. <sighs> yeah, hard path. Corey, where are you getting the gas money, man? Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. But, Matt, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Again, this was a great experience for me, my first podcast, and uh, I'm glad it was with you guys. So, yes, wasn't as nerve-wracking as you thought it would be, was Very it? Very comfortable. Good deal. Yeah. Good yeah. Good thank deal. you. For all your future guests that might yeah, be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't be nervous, guys. These, these guys are great. But Matt, man, I hope the best for you. And you have our votes for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have your sign in my yard if you didn't. And <laughs> now I've got to find somewhere to stick the sticker where it's visible. True, true. We'll put it on the back of your truck. I was going to say, put it right there on the back glass. We do have to work on the back end of my truck this week, so yeah. that's what we're going to do. Folks, whoever you vote for, do it. But we recommend Matt Woods. Until next time, I'm Drake Pittman. I'm Shane Murray. If that jar's not empty... Pass that thing around. Love your neighbor and talk to someone different than you. And we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar.